Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'm from Black Ink, and today I'm joined by Brock Nelson, who has just recently finished a 5,000 kilometer trek on his push bike with your brother and stepdad. Stepdad? Yeah. Bloody oath. Took you 33 days. 33 and uh, days. Where'd you start? So we started from Dunsborough, um, Western Australia, finished up on Surface Paradise on the Gold Coast. Radio, so. radio. So when you're like, obviously you go Dunsborough, Bunbury, Perth, from there, are you like taking the traditional cross the Nullarbor? Yeah, so from Perth, we went up north to Coolgardie, which probably wasn't the most ideal route. It was probably took an extra, I don't know, say an extra couple of hundred Ks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we obviously had to stop in Perth. We had family there, so we wanted to do like a little send-off sort of thing. And, yep. Um, so we did that. Went up to, yeah, Coolgardie, down to um, Norseman, I feel. Yeah. And then down to, I think it's uh, Balladonia, and then across to across the Nullarbor. Yeah, so, bloody oath. Yeah. All of those names, but the only time you ever need to know them is like how many Ks they are away on that green oh, side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. And, yeah, I think... Um, we, we went through that many towns and yeah, my memory's not the best to yeah. start off with. So it's just lucky I've got a lot of photos to go back. Yeah, and, bloody oath. Yeah. I think um, it's one of those things like I've done it on the Harley a couple of times and we've got it coming up in March. Yeah. And it's like, man, you think with even all that time and we're moving at like five times the speed you are, right? Even when you have all that time to remember, you think like there is no way I won't remember the order of all these towns yeah. when I get off the bike. A week later, someone says like, you know, like Balladonia, like is that on the east or the west side? Yeah, <laughs> you got no, absolutely no idea. But um, yeah, we, we made a thing where we'd stop at every, coming into every town, there'd obviously be like a little green sign or like a welcome sign. So yeah. we made sure that we stopped, got a photo next to that. Bloody um, just for Just for mem. So. Oh, that'd be a cool little um, collage board to have all of the, all yeah. those signs. Dude. So yeah. how many Ks are you doing a day? Uh, so overall, we averaged 150. Yeah. Which is not, it's not, um, it's not a big deal. Like when, when all you have to do every day is cycle. Yeah. Jump on a bike and, and cycle. It's really... 150 k's is is not that bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some days we do more. We did a few 200 k days. Um. There was a day there where I ended up doing 300 k's. Um. Which was so 130 of that was with my brother and um stepdad. Yep. And then um, yeah, I just it was a great day. Like the we had a great win behind us. My legs felt great. Oh, I just take it pretty much. So yeah, I just yeah. um. Yeah, we stopped and we were sort of cruising at like, cruising at not not a slow pace, but a pace that I was quite comfortable with. And I was yeah. like, fuck it, I want to I wanna really see what my legs are worth. Yeah. Um, so I got a little saddle pack off my mum, just with like the basics in it, phone charger, yeah. clothes. Because it's only you going ahead, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, right. And because I just wanted to basically really put my body through the cleaners sort of thing. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I took off, met him in, I think the next town was Broken Hill, which was yeah, yeah 200 and whatever Ks away. Sick. Um, and I was like, yeah, see you later. So yeah, I really, I probably went a little bit too hard though. Yeah. Like I, I went into a bit of a sicko mode or, you know, switched off, all my pain sort of went away and then I was yeah. met him in Broken Hill the next day. Dude, that's uh like, I, it's funny, like I watch fighters in the UFC and like you said, they break their foot or they, they do something crazy and they go back in and keep fighting. Yeah. And it's like, rarely do you get moments in your life where you're there and doing it. Mm. And like, I think that situation is a brilliant one where you saw something and you grab it with both hands. You're like, 
this might hurt me more tomorrow. Yeah. I don't care. I'm in it. I want to stay in it. Yeah. You know, how cool is that? I was more than happy to like, you know, we were probably maybe 80 Ks into that day and just the, I don't know, just that moment in time, I was like, fuck, we should, we should do a big one. Yeah. And I was more than happy to do it with, with um, Jed and, um, and Liam, my stepdad and yeah. little brother. But, you know, they, they were really, they were comfortable just sitting at, you know, 25K an hour. Yeah. And to do 25K an hour for 300Ks, they would have been yeah, it's riding at like nine o'clock at night sort yeah. of thing. Um, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, right, I'll, I'll get going and, um, yeah. See what's possible. Yeah. <coughs> Obviously, like, the only safety you've got is kind of checking in with the mobile once you get there, eh? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. what what we did, we had a good little system. So um, obviously we had a great support crew with my mum and my little sister. They had a they had a caravan set up, and honestly, man, some days it felt like um, they were working harder than than what we were. Yeah. Just with like the caravan that we had was, well, that we have is a wind up caravan. The beds oh yeah pop yeah, out yeah. on the side, so you just jump on the saddle and going. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah so yeah. you know, mum would we'd get we'd get up have our breakfast get some food we'd we'd take off mum would have to pack down the van get on the road yeah by the time she'd done all that and met up with us it was pretty much halfway so we'd have we'd have our lunch on the side of the road yeah and then she'd take off to the next um, bloody hell she was working just as hard that's amazing yeah yeah and And also sitting at bloody because that second half is she then sitting behind these guys nah so she'll take off she'll go to where 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 we were camping oh yeah that would have been a heartbreak to sit at 25 k's an hour oh yeah watching three dudes on bikes yeah (sighs) rough yeah um so yeah we when i did that big day we i met her at the so she went and set up where they were staying yeah and then um i met her at the new south wales south yeah south australian new south wales border yep I think. Um, yeah, so basically just to get some more food. I had phone service there, so I booked the hotel room. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, obviously got the photo next to the border sign and then took off. Bloody hell. Um, but yeah. That's, um. so when you say a decent pace, what are we talking about? Like, I've got a little bit of cycling history. Are we just, like, 25 is cruising. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect for what you're doing. The application is great, but I imagine you were, were like 30, 33 maybe? Yeah, so that extra 170 or whatever I did by myself, it was I was sort of sitting around 35. Right. Yeah, sometimes, you know, obviously downhill I'd be I'd be cruising at yeah. say nearly 40 and then but just um yeah, with the winds that I had and stuff, it was yeah, I was I was pushing it around thirty five, thirty six. That's sick. Um, and the tailwind would have been guaranteed because you don't really change direction. Not really, no. That's you nuts. know, obviously there's a few windy roads, and it started getting a little bit hilly towards Broken Hill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, with you might know with with road bikes. Um, so Liam and Jed, they had road bikes with road tires, the skinny tires. I, yeah. I had a gravel bike. So oh, wild. Um, so still a road frame just with gravel yeah gravel knobblies on it um, and stuff like that so I think the speed um, is a little bit different on those I think you'd be bikes, putting a little bit more um, wattage out as well if you've got a bit thicker tires more foot more footprint and especially yeah. with like knobblies on it that's crazy yeah, yeah what was the idea behind sticking with choosing those tires so mainly if when we're on the Nullarbor and if there's you know because you get huge trucks out there yeah um and most of the time they're all pretty good, like especially 
I noticed like 50Ks on either side of a town or a city, truckies and and even like um, people driving cars, they just turn into, they don't like cyclists. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we're, we're sort of forced to be on close to the road, yep. if not on the road, because... Um, because of the road conditions, like some of them are pretty average. Oh yeah, so you do um, have to cruise in onto the road. Yeah, sort of hey, yeah, so, it's all good. Good girl, <laughs> I seen ya. Um, but yeah, so the idea of the gravel bike was just to, if there's trucks coming either either side, yep. or um, you know either end, then we have to jump off the road into the gravel. Yep. Um, and obviously on a on a road bike, the the boys had to stop because yeah, you know, true. I can sort of just keep coasting and it's either stop or eat it with your hip hip and shoulder. Eight. Pretty much, there was uh. Yeah, speaking of crashing, there was, I had a crash, I had a small crash, I think it was on maybe like the fourth day, Yeah. Um, and that was on the road, that wasn't, we weren't doing any silly paces, we were, it was lucky enough, I sort of maybe, I don't know, a few little scratches and stuff like that, but yeah, everyone had a crash, Liam, Liam, my stepdad, he had a crash, just coming into camp. These were all separate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, push bikes are, they're shits of things, you can come off doing nothing, and most of the time it's low speed doing nothing at all it's not when you're you know pumping a corner full lean got your you know outside foot down and stuff yeah. it's just like you go to get out of your clip and it doesn't come out for some reason it's exactly what happened to Liam and Jed like yeah. coming into camp at the end of the day you're pretty you're pretty smoked your body's tired yeah um and I think yeah some of the spots like where Liam crashed it was sort of just trying to cruise through a bit of sand or yeah or whatever on a road bike it's pretty sketchy and once it washes it washes yeah eh? and then couldn't clip out and went down and then yep. same same with jed as well yeah um, just couldn't clip out in time so so how how'd you come up with the concept of riding across the country what was the inspiration so it was liam my stepdad he's always been a great cyclist hey um, you're a good girl you're a good girl come on <laughs> Come on, just adore. You're all right. Um, yeah, so he's always been into cycling, and he's he's a bit of a freak of nature when it comes to to fitness. Oh yeah. Um, so it was his. It's always been his dream to cycle across Australia with with his son Jed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was sort of the whole idea was was Liam's, you know, thing, and then um, they sort of told me about it, and I was like, yeah count me um, in yeah i'm going with you for sure and like liam's done it himself from perth to adelaide before really yeah um fuck that noise dude which is that's what i'm gonna do next year yeah yeah for sure Book that's it in. my that's my next goal but yeah so it was it was sort of um it just was meant to be a family thing you know like um jed's jed's 16 mm. so and at the end of the day he's got no interest in cycling whatsoever um, so for him, it was a huge thing. Like it was sort of, it was sort of his little entry into manhood as well, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, they, they came up with that idea and at the time Jeb was like, yeah, sweet, let's do it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think he, with the whole training side of it as well, I think Jed realized that, or yeah, the training wasn't, we didn't really do that much training, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to train for something like that unless yeah. you're doing 150Ks a day mm. back to back. Um, but yeah, like I think maybe two days into it on our second day when we're in Perth at the family's house, Jed, at that point, Jed was like, he was done. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of, 
we, we were all sort of sitting there like tired as hell. We knew we still had like freaking everything to do. Four and a half thousand k's to go. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was kind of it's kind of the point where we were like, oh, what are we what are we doing? But mm. uh, yeah, we got it done. I think it's um especially like I was I was privileged when I was younger to have these experiences where I was pushed so far out of what my like ceiling of, of potential kind of was. Mm. And I think it's funny you say it like that that almost like earning your manhood sort of thing or something like this. Like, I think it doesn't happen enough with people. Mm. You know, like 16 years old and cycling across the country, it sounds bizarre when you say it out loud, but when you put it against like the measure of living life as an adult, mm. that shit is easy. Yeah. Like your mum's following you with two minute noodles and shit on the go. Hey, who cares? Yeah. Go have some fun. Figure yeah. out what you can do on a bike. Yeah, exactly. What a, um, yeah, I lo- and I love the fact that it started as there's always been a uh, feeling of like wanting to do that ride as father and son. That's fucking that's gangster you know yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i think it was just such an amazing experience man like we met some just along the way we met some amazing people yeah you know and i think um you know as a whole like i i I decided to put the whole um, mental health fundraising onto it because obviously yeah it was just meant to be a family thing i was like no way let's let's make raise some money you know yeah um because I've always been interested in helping people and yep. whether whatever way it may be. Yep. Um, so yeah, we did that and yeah, just the people we met along the way, it was yeah, it was inspirational for sure. Dude, those roadhouse uh, connections are crazy. Oh yeah. Some of those fucking. <coughs> I remember when we did uh, this brighter days is why we go across um, across to Victoria on on Harley's. Mm-hmm. It's this festival called Brighter Days. Yep. So we normally take like you know four or five days depending on what what mood we're in sort of thing yeah and we had this one stretch where the whole way i don't know whether there's a whole way there or the whole way back but we kept on there was this oversized load and he would leave like after us uh before us and get in after us mm-hmm. and we'd always pass him in the middle of the day and then you know after day two we're like you're the you're the and you're his pilot they're like yeah 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 come over here and some drinks of that <laughs> fuck man after those three like on the third night we're like we'll never see each other again you're like you fucking have a good life yeah yeah you know like how interesting those little uh situations are you know the people that you meet and the conversations you're having mm. crazy so tell us uh how much money did you raise and you're still raising money now aren't you yeah we are so it's sort of slowed down a little bit now we um um so we've obviously got our gofundme page set up we we're at sixteen thousand on the GoFundMe. Just Wild. from word of mouth, um, you know, obviously the journey along the way, and then sort of like a little Instagram post I did um, prior to the ride. Yeah. Um, and then I've also done a work raffle as well, uh, work Christmas raffle that's raised another seven thousand eight hundred. So we're at yeah twenty four thousand or that's whatever. That's so much money. So much money, man. We had a goal of ten thousand. Yeah. So it's just like blows my mind. It's awesome. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. I know it's so cool. And so, what's the time frame? When when are you gonna stop raising money or put or put a cap to it, sort of thing? So we I'm meeting with um, the guy from the work Christmas raffle on Thursday in Perth. Yeah. Um. So we'll basically do a handshake. We'll get the money from him. Yep. Have like a little barbecue, a little catch up. Yeah. And then um hopefully next week basically before i have to go back to work i want to want to try and do it this break so um we can get it over and done with um and yeah i'll meet up with the lady that we're um donating the money to yep 
Um, what is it? What, what is the organisation that you're don- donating? To? So it's called Kai Fella Foundation. So um, to start off, yeah, like it's kind of a funny story. We um, we were just sitting around. We were sitting in a pub. I'm not sure where it was. I think it might have been in Queensland somewhere. Yep. I think we had like four days to go. Yeah. And originally we were going to um, fundraise for Beyond Blue. Yep. Um, and Headspace, but mum sort of wanted something a little different she wanted to donate the money into a smaller thriving yeah, um, yeah, yeah. charity more like mum and pop sort of set up pretty much so yeah she was doing some research and she came across this Kai Fella foundation and um or Kai Erdley foundation as well so sitting there she showed me it and turns out I actually went to school with Kai Erdley okay in when we were 13, 14, yeah. used to hang out with him a fair bit, used to do a bit of skating with him and stuff Wild, like that. Yeah, it was okay. crazy, man. And then, yeah, he, he unfortunately took his own life when he was 19. Right. So his mum mum set up this foundation, Kai Fella. Yeah. And then mum showed me this. I, I didn't, I sort of, because um, I moved down south, so I um, lost contact with a lot of that group. Yeah. And I didn't really, I knew that he had um, took his own life, but I didn't realise that his mum went any further with it. Yeah. So as soon as mum showed me that, I was like, wow, yeah, so that's crazy, mm. done deal. So um, yeah, Kai Fella Foundation, it's a good little good little thing they've got going on and yep. it's, all, it's for a great cause for yeah, suicide prevention for, for kids. So, Audio. Yeah. So the whole name of this ride was This Is Mental? This Is Mental, yeah. So how did you uh, come up with the name? Uh, I think that was like mum's sort of uh, idea. Like obviously the whole ride, the whole idea was mental. Yeah, um, I think it's very fitting. Yeah, because like for, you got one out of three gentlemen who have cycling experience, and you're like, oh, let's do it the most extreme way we can. Yeah, you pretty know? much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it sort of worked, and obviously we're fundraising for mental health, so yeah, that's what we what we came up with and seemed to have worked. Here's one for you. So we were just talking uh, before we started recording about your job, mm-hmm. and one thing I've spoken about this a couple times on the podcast now is the mentality behind um, these crazy uh, periods that you're spending away from home with a fly and fly out job. And yep. uh, you're, I, I actually, I, I wasn't uh, currently aware that you worked on rigs. That's kind of like amazing to me. So you spend four weeks at a time on a rig yep. and four weeks at home afterwards is like your, what's the other R stand for? Recovery. Recovery, yeah. So that that's pretty fucking isolated. Like that's a totally separate experience. How have you... How have you found yourself, like, have you noticed a difference in, like, your character or your personality before and during that experience? Um, yeah, I have. I, it's kind of, I'm not sure. Like, it's hard. I'm, I'm not really, nothing really phases me at all. Yeah. So, I'm not really a thinker. Um, if anything, I'm probably an underthinker. Sometimes it, you know, I double book myself for all the time and, yeah. and things like that. But, um yeah, I think, um, you know, I had to dedicate my dedicate my training and everything to to this ride. When even when I was out on the on the rig, yeah, you know, it was it was actually quite hard. You know, we we're, it's quite a physical job what we do out there. It's it's boiling hot. Yeah, um, surrounded by water, so it's super humid. And oh yeah, of course. Um, we're, we're like, where are you geographically located? Uh, so at the moment, we're we're just off the coast of Exmouth. Right. Um, but then we next month we head over to Singapore for 
a couple of months yep. um, and then come back. And yeah, so most of our work is based around sort of Carafa, um, all like the northwest basically you can't see land from where you are though can you at the moment we can yeah we're, oh, we're yeah. not far there's like a little oil field off off Exmouth. so oh, um, cool or yeah just you can we can see land but when we're when we're up near caratha and all that sort of thing we we can't that would be so that would be fucking the scary part for me when you can't see land when you're like oh we're in the middle of fuck all mm. and on a man i think the man-made structure part of it scares the shit out of me as well because mm-hmm. like everything's just like ladders and that grid mesh isn't it yep dude that's nuts. It's pretty cool. And um, yeah, like when, when you see people that go out there for the first time, it's, um, you know, you can you can tell that they haven't haven't necessarily been offshore before. You hear them um, crying in, in their crib room or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, but yeah, just they're always so overwhelmed by, by the sea life and stuff like that out there. There's always, you know, thousands and thousands of big sharks and fish and whale sharks and Wild. sea snakes that just around the rig the whole time. So yeah, they get pretty overwhelmed by that, and you, that's pretty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get used to it though. It's just um, just one of those things. Well, realistically, it's just a change of scenery, isn't it? Like, yeah. I remember my first aid truck driving with um, uh, I keep going to call them uh, Giachis with M- MGM Cube with Cube. Yeah, yeah, such a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I my first day driving, and the bloke who was in the cab with me is like, oh, you gotta look out for snakes sometimes, you know. And just coincidentally that day was the most amount of snakes anyone had seen ever. Mm. And like there was literally sitting in the cab, there was like 12 massive snakes that we were like sitting there counting on all the dunes around us. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like you can't get out of the truck. No. Like tipping a trailer, fuck the trailer. We're, we're just getting out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I guess, you know, you just replace that, those dunes with water and that's kind of what you get. Mm. So that, that is fucking news to me. Tell me more about these animals. What sort of, what, what's a crazy experience you've had seeing a, uh, an animal while on shift? Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. We we can't exactly do anything with them. We have to. We're supposed to sort of report them and, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just huge whale sharks. I guess that they just seem like they're so placid and yeah, you know, friendly. I guess, but just kind of sitting there. Yeah, they just float around, man. They just because the water's so clear out there, so obviously they can feed off um, whatever's coming off the side of the rig, like right. Um, and then obviously we put all of our leftover scraps in a in a mincer sort of thing and then put it we basically feed them oh so they're, <coughs> they're encouraged to hang around the rig anyway it's Pretty free much. food yeah wild okay so. so is there any sort of like when when you're there is there any sort of is there a dedicated area to like mental support on the rig at all um uh, not really that's no, interesting it's i mean you know obviously every every company well basically these days every company um you know it's mental health and stuff like that is such a huge huge sort of deal at the moment so um they they do send like support emails and there's there's assistance programs and stuff that you can yeah you can call or you can text or or whatever else but um as far as flying people out there to talk that's a dedicated job yeah yeah, they, they don't do that I, th- I feel like, you know, in theory and saying it out loud now, it sounds like a great idea. The reality is, like, especially the old school, you send someone like that out there, that person will have to leave because they'll get teased so hard. Mm. Like, that's a reality. I don't know why that there's something tied to masculinity where it's like, even the thought of taking free help is not an option. Mm. You know, yep. that's the real problem with mental health is not the fact that like, oh, how do I get help if I need help? It's the fact that we have this automatic pushback where I got my life sorted out, fuck you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, how do you like how do you fix that problem? I think that'd be a, 
I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been honestly, man. I've been out of like r- the real world for too long now. Like people tell me about stuff in workplaces. I'm like, sounds like you got a bullshit problem. But also, I haven't been in the same workplace dealing with the same people I didn't choose to work with. Yeah, yeah. For months or years. And every know? workplace is different as well. You, I know, I'm sure you have a few of your own little struggles in, in your sort of industry and your side of work as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, I and like this is one thing I go back to. I did fly and fly out. I did eight and six for like, you know, a year or something. Yeah. And that's when I was 19 or 20. Yeah, right. So obviously when you're like 20, you you know, you you don't have all the all the tools yet. You yeah, know? yeah. So, and like yeah. everything is so, everything's like now, like I turned 30 the other day, so I feel like I can say this with a bit of confidence, but like everything is just so testosterone fueled. Yeah. You know, like you get jealous at the drop of a hat, you get worried about shit that doesn't exist, yep. you overthink the wrong things. Um, and I think at the time I was also with someone who was probably extremely fucking toxic which didn't help either you know (laughs) and my life just completely fucking went from like in control to out of control and no idea how to get it back in control Mm. and it was purely because i was in this lifestyle yeah you know and the fact that there's no like like i know it sounds silly but there's no like relationship advice like when you know if you've never done fly and fly out before and the company's taking you on they're like here's 150 grand and this this lifestyle and this Mm. that hey just so you know Focus on this in your relationships. Do this with your money. Yeah. Make sure you get to bed on time. Really prioritize not letting your habits get out of hand, like drinking and and or, or being at the mess and you know being part of the banter. Yeah, there's none of that. There's none of that. Dude, rock up, put the uniform on, take yeah. our money and fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah, they definitely push you to your limits, and I know that obviously from working out there. It's you are. It's a totally different world. Like I was saying before, it's um, you know, you can't exactly. Most of the time, we, we have no phone service. Um, the Wi-Fi out there is very average. Yeah, so it's so, just no internet, basically. No, nah, and they just, um, you know, when you're connected to their Wi-Fi and stuff, it's almost like they they block out so many so many sort of things that you can look at online yeah. and stuff like that, even if it's just like, I don't know, you want to go on real estate or you want to look for stuff to do with your lifestyle outside of work, and they've blocked it. So Really? Yeah, it's kind of... You know, it's they're, they're they're trying to get rid of the whole social life sort of thing almost, and yeah, it's kind of. Oh, hard. I guess that would that would almost be an effort to help with with mental health because it's like if if like I know sitting at home with like motorbikes and cars and friends and community, I look at shit going on on Instagram and my heart hurts because I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't have that car, mm. fuck, I don't have that bike, fuck, I wasn't invited to that thing. Yeah. So I can imagine completely ironing out as much of that as possible mm. while you're in that situation is probably a really fucking healthy thing to do mm, for sure yeah yeah that uh so tell me about there's i know there's at least one bloke out there that has only ever done work working on rigs and he's fucking 60 years old tell me that guy exists <laughs> oh surely not i i know uh <clears throat> i read that book ages ago don't tell my mum i work on the rigs she thinks I'm a piano player in a whorehouse. Have you read? Or, no. Oh, dude, it's a fucking wild, wild book. And it's <laughs> of a, I think he was a Perth boy and he, he spent most of his life working on rigs and the stories he has is nuts. Mm. And it was always the real cowboy old blokes that had been there forever, didn't give a fuck about the safety rules, just did things there. Well, I've been fucking rigging me all life, mate. What do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd fang to meet one of those blokes at a pub, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd have a totally different uh, attitude and mindset, I feel. I'm, yeah, I'm don't see myself being that guy that's for sure yeah bloody oath yeah. bloody oath and that's what you're saying earlier like having that like right here's how long i'm gonna do it 
here's the money I'm going to earn, here's how I'm going to spend it. Yeah. Is that sort of what you've got mapped out for yourself? <clears throat> yeah, so I've got a, I set myself like a five-year plan. Um, hopefully, you know, I can stick to that, which, which I am so far, um, just with, I'm so close to buying my own place now. Um, also, I want to do some study. I want to, I want to go and do, um, start off with my Cert 3 and 4 in health and fitness. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully, maybe eventuate into um, my degree in exercise and sports science. Heavy. Because, yeah, I, I don't, you know, from all of my experience now from um, getting into the fitness side of things with, with like my long distance running and cycling and, and even just like racing motocross my whole life and stuff like that. Um, always been around sports always been so interested in sports yeah. and just recently I've been able to really discover what what happens with um, with well my body in particular with with training and yeah and basically putting it to the test um, so that's I found a real interest in that and I want to be able to and I also love helping people yeah okay. so I want to be able to I don't want to be a uh, I don't really want to be like your average personal trainer in a gym lifting weights and telling people, you know, you know, you, your body looks great and all that sort of thing. I'd rather be work one-on-one with professional athletes, ideally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's a long road ahead as well. Um, Dude, I think um, the more ambitious the goal, the easier it is to get. Yeah, you shoot for the stars, right? Bro. Like I'm, I'm refreshing my, like all, all my goal setting and shit, obviously end of the year, just turned 30. I'm doing a lot of reflection and a lot of like looking forward yeah. and bro, in reflection, like I set 10 wild goals and achieved nine of them, mm. you know, it's like yeah. every time, like this is the thing, as soon as you go like, I think I wouldn't mind doing maybe this. And if I was doing this, I'd do this as well. And this on the side. Yeah. Well, what you've just eliminated is a whole bunch of shit that you know you wouldn't do. Mm. So that becomes a lot more, like, even if it is, you know, I want to be a fucking astronaut. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, cool. That is a long road. But if you want to be an astronaut, if you're dead serious about it, here's your timeline. Yep. It's 10 years from now. And you can step every single fucking day out mm-hmm. until today. Yeah. You know? And stick to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oh, then yep. I think five years to get that amount of education under your belt is, and especially as a mature age, like, it's fucking very attainable, mm. you know? Yeah. And I've, you know, I've been uh, lucky enough to sort of grow up, grow up with, um, with guys at a professional level as well. Um, mainly, mainly from like motocross, racing motocross and stuff like that, that, um, I can sort of look towards, um, and, and potentially work with, or, Mm. um, you know, professionals like surfing has always been an interest to me. Um, and I know that surfing is very tough on your body as well when you're at a professional level. So being able to work with the surfer would be like my ultimate goal. Right. Um, I know that, uh, pro- I don't know surfing intimately. I do know enough about motocross and also the sport that I'm now finding myself involved with. These niche activities where like sports science hasn't quite made their way there yet. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of room for people who are who have that background knowledge, who have that interest in like, not just like, you know, PT in a gym, but that high end, like, nah, I want to get you down to your best possible version of yourself. Yeah. Uh, like I know f- for me, like there's no real gym program for being a stunt rider. Like that's my long-term goal. I want to be a stunt rider on a Harley. Yeah. What do you get? What do you, what do you do in the gym for that? You know? So it's like having, I, I see there's so many opportunities for like, right, if you go, I'm going to have this skill set or this, you know, knowledge set in four years time mm-hmm. to find that, you know, 
one, two, three, four, five people in that right sport, man, you can set yourself up with something that's also hugely financially like beneficial in the long run. Yeah, yeah. You know, imagine aligning yourself with a very niche sort of surfer who, because of your program, gets them to the level where they're being sponsored by Red Bull and now you're traveling with them to these different oh, things. That's that's the ultimate goal, right? Man. For sure. Fuck. And to own six Harleys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least, yeah. Have you ever owned yeah. a Harley? I haven't, no. No, you've only, no. Been, you've only been dirt, eh? Only been dirt bikes, um, yeah. Um, had like dirt bikes, mini bikes, and yeah, obviously cycle bike and mountain bike. But I, this is the first actual road bike that I've owned. Like I, yeah. I bought it, um, I bought it six months before the ride across Australia to train on. Yeah. Um, the rest of it's just been yeah, mountain bike and, and dirt bikes. What do you think of the roadie? How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. Like they're um, a, they, such a small feeling bike. Yeah, they you know? are. Yeah, and they're very light. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm quite tall and and um i'm not sort of i guess not your average cyclist that are always really small and everything like that yeah um, quite lean so i'm quite top end heavy on the on the cycle bike but i've sort of set it up for myself so it's comfortable got good balance yeah um how like upright are you i imagine you'd be quite bent over but you still wouldn't be like fully parallel or anything crazy no nah, so there's um the, the only thing i've set it up for myself um I set it up by myself, sorry, to make it comfortable for me, but I need to get it properly perfect. You can get those road bikes yeah, professionally yeah. fitted, so they put like these, they put you on a, um, they put you on like a machine on, on the bike. They have like these different um, sort of like measurement tools and stuff like that to measure yeah. how far you are leaning over, your seat height, your pedal position, like your, your um, clip-ins on your shoes. Yep. You know everything. They set it up completely. So back in the day, you just fucking about put the seat up a little bit. Yeah, about there. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I did with with myself. Um, I need to get it professionally fitted, but I still feel comfortable on it for sure. And yeah. um, you know, I was able to do what we what we did without any major um major adjustments know, or changing injuries shit or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, or any pains. So. Yeah, bloody oath. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know. Uh, going back to like stunt riding i fucking have like my grom i've done nothing to like at all i put a wheelie bar on it that's it mm -hmm. and it's like you see these blokes that go out and they get like the grom and the pro tapers and the exhaust and the crash bounce and the grips and this and that and they're still just as good at wheelies as what i am yeah you know and i think it's interesting like you know you take something like, okay, cool, I'm going to ride across Australia. That bike looks like it'll do the job. Disc brakes, my size, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. You fit it yourself and you go and ride 5,000 fucking kilometers. It's like, man, that same strategy applies to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you want to write a book, you've got a pen and paper, write the book. Yeah. 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 Um, and as far as like, I don't know, I get asked this question a lot with like, how was my bum and yeah, how are my legs and things like that, like... Man, everything was fine. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, I, I honestly thought it was, um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder, that's for sure. I think there was, um, I don't know whether, obviously, yeah, Liam, stepdad, he's, he's, a, he's a freak on a bike, um, but he does have um, some small issues with his knees. Yep. Um, so he was happy cruising. And then also Jed, 16, he broke his ankle at the skate park six days before the ride hell yeah dude um hell so, yeah yeah that's another story and then wait how um, pissed was mum on that day oh yeah she wasn't uh, or she was more just um stressed for yeah. sure i think we all were um 
But at the same time, it was good rehab for his ankle. Yeah. Like, oh, because it's moving and it's no impact. Basically, yeah. Right. Um, just trying to um, trying to have as little load on it as possible, fighting it, finding like a good cadence on the bike to yeah. to be able to just so it's not loading your ankle up. Um, Damn, I bet you he was thinking, yeah, that that night in Perth, like maybe if I didn't have a broken ankle, this would be a little bit easier. Yeah, know? that's exactly what was going through his head and. I think that's another thing that, you know, he learned so much along the ride because he went from being, you know, he, he, he's a great little kid and he's super fit. Um, so I think he learned a lot um, about his mental capacity as well. Yep. Um, you know, it wasn't an issue for me mentally. Um, wasn't an issue for Liam. He's probably more mentally strong than what I am. Yep. And, um, you know, Jed, we, we definitely thought he was going to be, we thought he was going to struggle a little bit more, but... Yep. Man, towards the end, he was, you know, there was some some parts where we'd be, or in a headwind, or even we'd be, you know, the last five to 10Ks of the day, yep. going into camp, we'd always try and push to, just because we were so close, you know, we wanted yeah, to get boys. there. Yeah. <laughs> we were pushing hard, and we'd look back, and Jed was right there behind us, you know? Yeah. And for a 16-year-old, he's not that big either, so. Doing the um, damn thing. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Was um, there, um? did you find towards the end there was... Maybe a, a slight pickup in pace. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, they, we were more comfortable with doing. Um, you know, we were averaging most days. We sort of averaged twenty seven, twenty eight k an hour. Yeah, um, and that was we were we started becoming like happy to do that. Yeah. Whereas at the start, um, we sort of wanted to figure out what we were comfortable with. Yeah. Because, you know, for for a ride of that. Um, for like that that much distance on a cycle bike you've got to really settle in for long days sort yeah. of thing and especially when you get a day of headwind or there was a few days there where we had bad headwind or we had had a bit of elevation like mundaring yeah. hills um we had like the great dividing range at the end oh yeah um there's a few other ranges that we went through i think past like peterborough in um yeah i think that's in south australia i'm not sure but yeah 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 um yeah so that, those were the tougher days, but um, we got through them quite easily, really. Yep. Like, I think you get to a point where you're like, okay, I've done 150Ks minimum a day for however many days. Yeah. Like, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. And I know that if I just put that extra 10% in, like, just for a minute at a time, every, like, five or 10 minutes, I don't know how, that's how I used to ride, is, like, I'll just do things in easy increments. I know that it's not going to kill me. Mm. You know, and I think yeah. that's the one thing you're scared of is you're like, you don't want to be the guy on the side of the road who's just like, I can't do this anymore. It hurts too much. I like, must my bum sore, you know? Mm. And it's like, you know, you're not going to be that guy. Mm. So you can, and I think organically, three boys, I know when dad and I have that last day, we can make a two day trip into one. You yeah, know? yeah. You're just like, let's get home. Absolutely. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, the whole time, basically, I was thinking that this is sort of what it's, what's motivated me to do this Adelaide ride by myself was like, someone ran that distance yeah like you know the whole time i was thinking we, we basically did the same sort of route we we obviously did a little bit longer we did from from one side of the country literally to the furthest other side but you know the whole time even in tough days and stuff like that i was like man someone has ran this yeah you know like pull your head in and keep going and that is fucking mental i know it is ridiculous wait was that crossover between you and that uh, Ned character? Uh, no, so he, he finished it. Um, he finished it before we started. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the same until 
until um, until somewhere in New South Wales, we we basically went the whole exactly the same route as him. Yeah, um, and then. Yeah, he, he, I think he may have avoided some of the floods or he started, he was finishing when it was oh, getting yeah. really intense. When it was cranking, yeah. Yeah, so we we were a little bit later. So we had to basically add on two to three extra days to go like straight north, outback Queensland to up to Burke. Oh, so you had to then, change your route because of the floods? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we added an extra, I think 500 k's or something because we our original route was straight through the middle of the floods basically. Right. Um, and then even even some of the days like yeah outback queensland we we do a few sort of flood crossings and stuff like that that, that only lasts like a minute but yeah you know, um mum mum didn't have the most experience with towing a caravan with a brand, in a brand new car sort of thing yeah so, and um, also with that weird like it's just because you're talking about flood crossings where the water's passing over somewhere yeah and that that that's really weird because you kind of have to start wide and steer into it the whole time. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if something starts going, everything starts going. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we did get, I don't know whether it was good luck or good planning, but um, yeah, we managed to get out of it pretty much unscathed. Like a few days where we had, we were getting rained on and things like that, but yeah, all in all, yeah, we, we escaped it. So that's uh, That's pretty crazy. You had to change your route because of the floods. I didn't, uh, actually, I think, how did Ned's story get blown up so big? Because I feel like he w- he started with like a very similar starting point as you, but he must have just got more media exposure or something. Yeah, he got a lot more media exposure. He um, he basically started, uh, I, I believe he started um, sort of prepping and, and I guess advertising, boasting on social media and things like that a year prior. Oh, okay. I, I think anyway, I'm not, I'm not sure of the full story, but yeah, it was... His um and obviously his is elite like running it, running it and running it solo is like another level of fucking craziness. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I think, and it wasn't really our. I'm not like I said before. I'm not really the most public person when it comes to things like that. Like, um, I sort of just wanted to get it done with the family and yeah, yeah. And um, and if you, you raise know, a bit right, of money along the way, exactly cool. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I might look at doing something, you know, with this with this next little adventure. I'll probably look at doing something a little bit more, um, a little bit bigger. Yeah. Because I'm sort of doing it by myself, and I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. I wonder if there's target, a so. there's something you can do there to make it uh because it, like I think like Ned's story was really sexy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah. I'm running across the country. Fucking wow, we know Australia's huge. Yeah. But I wonder if there's something you could do with a bike that make. I mean, you're doing it a unicycle or something. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to ride a unicycle first. Fuck that noise, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that would be cool to. Well, our original plan, because uh, we we sat down months and months ago, and I wanted to try and get a um, bunning sausage sizzle, like yeah. black ink hosted, but for the idea of going towards your uh, fundraiser. Yeah. And just life happened. Of course, it didn't didn't come to fruition. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still super keen to like knowing that that's going to happen next year. It's like, oh, how can we make that fun? Yeah, yeah. That'd so be really cool. That's what I want to do. I want to set. You know, it will be. I sort of want to start planning now because I, w- I want to do it in. I want to put my body through hell basically. So I want to yeah. um, do it in. I want to do Perth to Adelaide in twelve days, which is well, yeah, twelve days or under. I don't want to do it in any more than twelve days. So that's around two hundred and f- close to two hundred fifty k's a day. Yeah. Um, no matter what the conditions are, I'm doing it. Are you, um, is this with a support team or by yourself? 
Um, if I can get a support team, yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, it won't be like a big deal with the with the family. It'll be me. Sort you of. You stink. <laughs> fucking fart. And she did this all last podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if I can get a little support team for sure, maybe, but just something basic like um, someone that can help me with my food and yeah. And um and fluids and things like that and spare spare tubes and maybe not a caravan you just need a um need a Ford Transit van behind you actually yeah so that'd be perfect you know oh I will I thought about just doing it by myself or not by myself but just um doing it without fundraising but fuck that I'll just I'll fundraise hey, you're doing again. something cool yeah for sure but I'll fundraise again and then that way I might be able to get some sponsorship um, maybe even get like sponsored like one of those big sort of Brits vans because um, hmm. I know they. Um, on our last trip, we um, there was a there was a lady doing roughly the same sort of thing, and she had sponsored this big Brits um, camper van type yep. setup, like those big sprinters. Yep. Um, and which was perfect. Dude, so. I think uh, that's only uh, a couple of the right conversations with a couple of the right people. Mm. Like that's definitely doable. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm half thinking I want to do it with you, but you want to do it alone, so I'm fucking. No, I'll, 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 I'm keen to do it. It's just an idea that I came up with. I think like yesterday. Dude, uh, Adelaide in under twelve days. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like hell, dude. I'm I'm fucking keen on doing that. If you if you have a tag along, that'd yeah, be sick. I can't wait, man. For I sure. reckon we could. Uh, yeah, we could definitely make that happen. Get a little support team, bro. I reckon we could almost get the boys around this. Not even get sponsors. Obviously, get sponsors to pay for it. Mm. But fuck, all we need is a rooftop tent and like a tray with so I can put a swag in there or something, and I'm set. And and a fridge with food, frozen food, and. The only reason That's I say a fucking Ford Transit van is because Dad just put a deposit down on one. But you oh, got to wait. You? Yeah, he he. Well, he's got a bloody BA tray uh, one tonner. Yeah. Which when you've got a you know a, a fucking flat tray, you don't realise you use it for everything. Yeah. You know, anytime someone in the family has something to do, guess whose ute gets used. Mm-hmm. So he's like replacing that. He's like, oh, I want a nice ute, but I want something I can throw shit in and out of. Yeah. And he saw a Transit van the other day, and he goes, "Man, these things are nuts." <laughs> So he's getting himself one of those. I'm like, yeah, you know, you can fit a Harley with eight hangers in those things. Yeah. They're massive. Yeah, they are big. And there's there's plenty of room for, um, you know, they're ideal. Like stopping at a roadhouse or some of those roadhouses out there are pretty remote. Yep. Um, along the Nullarbor and things like that. So having having your own little space undercover at like a powered site, cheap as. Yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously you use their showers or you can take camp showers, but it's ideal. To be honest with you, like I get where you're coming from. If we're doing 250Ks a day, need a bed. I oh, reckon. yeah. Need a fucking bed in a room with a running with a running tap and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'd almost uh, look at getting some sort of corporate sponsorship to provide that along the way. Because mm. I reckon like doing 250, that's serious. Yeah, it's a Dude, lot Dude, that's like Tour de France numbers. Yeah. Well, it's it'll be, yeah, eight, eight probably eight and a half hours on a bike every day. Right. Oof. We step it up. We race each other to Adelaide. Okay. Done. <laughs> Fuck that noise, dude. I, I would drill myself into the ground. I'm too competitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be a tough stretch for sure, especially with um, just doing the speeds that are required. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, 250 k's a day, depending on, and if you get a day of headwind, and you still have to do those k's, man, it will be tough. Well, how how many hours are you taking to do 150 on a standard sort of day? Uh, so 150 was around five hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, five and a half hours. So that was with lunch. Oh, that was, yeah, about five hours moving time. Yeah. So we'd have obviously lunch in between and, um, you know, I'd stop the 
stop my computer and things like that. So yeah, it was moving time was around five hours. Yeah. Did you have any rules around like piss breaks? Or nah, you just, when you got to really. stop, you got to stop. Nah, like oh, yeah. Obviously, we we basically just held onto it for a little while. Like we every fifty k's, we'd stop. Um, we'd stop to get our food in. Yeah. Um, so we'd have like uh, we'd have gel shots. We'd have energy bars, nut bars, um, and man, we lived the amount of the amount of um, lolly snakes that we went through. Packets of lolly snakes. We'd have oh, one or two of those sugar. a day. Yeah. Just straight sugar. Yeah. Um, and then for lunch, we'd have something a little bit more, you know, a little bit healthier, like, a, you know, just basic stuff, peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or, yeah. or something like that, just to get some carbs in. Carbs, sugar, yep. and not too much to bog you down and make you feel fucking woozy. Pretty much, yeah. We've gone through, like, the amount of um, powdered, sort of powder at Powerade that mum bought beforehand and, and, like, just, like, ridiculous boxes of it. And we went through all of it. We had to stock up. No. realistically doing those numbers you need a support team oh yeah yeah definitely just just to take all of your like consumables yeah 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 that's interesting yeah when do you want to do this ride it would be uh september fuck yeah because we can do it in my in my four weeks off we can do it yeah um with with time either side so we can spend some time celebrating in adelaide um hmm. and things like that and then and then fly back or I reckon you want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or we could ride back. No, nah, no, nah, we can, we can fly back. That's fine. <laughs> that's part of the sponsorship as well. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah. a bed. I need a plane. <laughs> no, that's yeah. that's what I was trying to avoid. I'm like, if we've got a support crew, we kind of have to drive back with them and fuck driving back after you've just ridden. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, from Adelaide to Perth, you could probably do that in in two days. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think it's two thousand eight hundred and something kilometers. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can pump it in, but it's also a four-hour flight. Mm, yeah, know? exactly. That'd be yeah. sick. It's Flying to Bustleton, bro, we're there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so easy just to pack your bike up in a Qantas box as well. That's yeah, what yeah. I did on the way back this time. And it was so easy. My family had to drive back, and it was a great experience for them, but I, I had to go back to reality, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking about this idea, dude. I shouldn't I shouldn't commit too much in a podcast without thinking about it, but I'm almost committing to this. Eh? Yeah. I'm just like, got to get a bike and that's it. Start training. The rest we can make happen. Dude, yeah. I already train. I'm doing wheelies <laughs> on that thing every fucking day. <laughs> I was saying this, uh, I had someone ask the other day um, at the skate group. You, you're aware of this skate group that I'm a part of? Mm-hmm. The Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Uh, I see you posting some stuff all the time. It looks cool, dude. It's crazy. There's little fucking beautiful communities just blossom out of like people enjoying skating. Mm-hmm. You know, now you go down, and the only thing that we all have in common is that we like skating. Yeah, that's such an awesome like. I I, I know it sounds hell obvious, but it's like there there are people there. Where I'm like, if we didn't have this, there would be no reason we would communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And there's something so beautiful about interacting with people that you don't. No, I don't want to say don't want to because it's not that I don't want to. Yep. It's that if they're across the road, I don't cross the road to meet them if I don't know them. Yep. You know what I mean? Now all of a sudden you're having this talk about their animals or their job or their lifestyle and you're like, fuck, the world is, there's so much going on all the time. Yeah. You know? It's so so cool for that. But they're asking, um, you know, because I'm, I'm like pretty strong on skates. Like, do you do any other sort of like exercise of that? I'm like, no, nah, not really. Besides riding up the Churchill like twice or three times a day and doing wheelies on the way down and, you know, like pumping it through the main street, your top gear, just ripping a fucking wheelie the whole time. It's like, <laughs> you think it's just having fun. It's also pushing your body hard as fuck, mm. like interval training. Yeah, yeah. And having fun at the same time. So yeah. you're like, oh, I'm puffed, but I want to go again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's fucking good. Yeah, I think um, 
with with cycling long distance it's it's such a such an escape from I'm, I'm not i'm not a thinker so i just sort of just switch off and most of my pain and all that sort of thing went away and then you just you're on the bike for so long you know it's it's uh it's almost like you can almost meditate yeah sort of thing like um almost like a cathartic experience pretty much yeah. yeah um and you just sort of enjoy enjoy some of the places that you go through and and just the experience that at the time is just like amazing it's the best feeling ever how was it the week after when you had finished and everything had wound down and obviously you're not spending heaps of time with with the family what was that like so yeah we had um we had four days in on the gold coast um mum surprised us with this amazing bnb um up in uh, i think it was upper coomera in gold coast sick um which was awesome after 33 days of being living in the van you know if it was off grid or at a roadhouse yeah um you know it was the best best thing rolling into like these bloody electric gates to this huge house oh yeah so we stayed there for four days um i think you know um it's just awesome like waking up every morning after it was kind of weird because we didn't have to get on a bike we didn't have to really do anything yeah um so it was just a different change of pace i guess but you know a lot along the way as a family every night we would sit down and have a debrief we made that a thing so we could talk about our feelings whatever it is whether it's during the day or just in general yeah um so we were doing that still even when we we're on the gold coast we'd sit down and have have dinner have a few beers and we would just basically talk about have a debrief talk about how we we're feeling that's nice post, as fuck. oh it's wicked man yeah post ride um and things like that and it was yeah it was cool to listen to what like how my family was going through it all and um you know the other boys and yeah i think you know i had i was i got a little bit i didn't get sick but my body um uh, i don't know if it's called athlete's gut but it's it's kind of like this thing it's not really the nicest conversation but um you know my my body was turning over so many calories every day i was burning averaging like four and a half five thousand calories a day yeah and then i would be putting fresh food in so my body was always so hungry and then would basically just turn my food to water. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I was lacking too much energy, but yeah, towards the end, like it, even like that week after, it was just, man, I couldn't. I had to go to the toilet so many times a day and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My body was seemed to be struggling, but I didn't. I didn't feel sick or anything. But yeah. So I had to deal with that, and then, um, yeah, that was about it. Like just getting back into reality. Obviously, I had to fly home back to work and. Um, that was a bit of a struggle for sure. Yeah. Like the going back to work. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, from what we did and every day you're in such a flow state yeah. where you have nothing else to do other than jump on a bike and get in that flow state, get in that flow there. state and then, and then spend time with, spend awesome time with the family and, and meet great people. And then you got to go back to work and get back know, into that regimented. Yeah. This, then this, then this, then this, have yeah. your T's crossing your eyes dotted or whatever. Yeah. I think, um, had like great support and everyone was sort of following the journey along the way yeah so i had awesome support and i was pretty much talking about it the whole time i was at work but yeah yeah just getting back into into reality was tough for sure yeah Yeah. it's a um there's something about two things you spent 33 days doing it Mm. your body's built up a routine of we wake up we get sugar and we put out effort until it's done and then we recover yeah you know so i think 
just uh, building a new routine out of the routine. Like I know personally that would, that would fucking destroy me mentally because like I just got used to this thing and now we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that um, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. So I'm but but blanking. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I was telling you before when I came back from uh, Europe when I was skating, where it's like you know, train twice a day every day. Yeah. We got this comp, this comp, this comp, this comp. At the end of the year, we've got nationals or worlds. And you really do get into like just a fucking, I'm a workhorse. Like there's nothing more than, than the goal and the goal is whatever it is at the time. Yep. And then as soon as like I was without that, I almost felt like a bit of my purpose had gone. Like mm. I had to redefine like, right, who exactly am I? And what am I trying to do with my day? Yep. You know? Yeah. But yeah, having a, having a, it's almost like a 30 day, 33 day apprenticeship doing it in, in the way you've done it. Yeah. Just like a fast track type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody yeah. oh. Yeah. So I think, dude, the more, the more I like think about it, the more excited I get. I think a, um, the 12 day part's a bit crazy. We can, we can workshop that, but the, 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 but would it be Bunbury to Adelaide or Perth to Adelaide? Well, yeah, it can, uh, it can be Bunbury to Adelaide because we can get some support from, we can get some support again from like, we had support from Mellow Velo, um, Brad and all the guys there gave us support. And then also Josh, um, from Perrine. Um, and they're based from Bunbury. So it'd be yep. good to, if, if it's like a huge challenge, 12 days is a big challenge for sure. Fuck yeah. Um, so we could do like a little send off sort of thing in, in the morning that we, that we start where, you know, we were going to do that this time or uh, last time around, but, um, just didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I reckon Bunbury to Adelaide for sure. Yeah. Well, I think like, obviously the first thing that, that like my concern is like how to, how do I not make it about Black Ink? But how do I get Black Ink involved in it? Obviously, like I want yeah. to promote it as much as I can. Obviously, sure. to, to raise as much money as we can, raise yeah. as much awareness as we can. Yep. And I think getting local businesses on board with this idea is super easy because it's not just—it's good when like I'm I'm the captain of the Black Ink ship. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not saying, oh yeah, I'm just giving you the money because you're doing it. It's like fuck no, I'll put my nuts on the line as well. Yeah. Hopefully that would raise a bit more Bunbury attention. Yeah. That'd be cool as, and we've got the advantage. Yeah, it's so far away. Yep. We can start talking about this idea now and have it as a fully formed thing six months before it happens. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I've just learned trying to put together a roller disco in under two months. It's impossible. Yeah. Like yeah, with the amount of money and with the amount of like planning and shit you need to do it properly. Yeah. Like you can do anything in any amount of time, but to do it properly and not be laughed at for round two or have no one show up, mm. you need time. So planning something like this with so much time in advance, it's exciting. We can get it done. Very exciting. And you only need the basics as well, you know. Yeah, push bike and and a support crew. Yeah. Would you stick with the same bike? Um, I was looking at upgrading my bike anyway. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I can't see why not. I could just keep this bike. It's yeah, it's fine. If you're comfortable on it, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, pretty much. Be yeah. nothing worse than spending five grand on a on a roadie and then being like, I want my other bike back. Yeah, yeah. You know? It and it did. It didn't miss a beat the whole time. Um, yeah, obviously it had a lot of flat tires and stuff like that. But as yeah. far as chains and and you know, selecting gears and stuff, it was it just ran smoothly the whole time. How many flat tires did you have in total? So uh, it was. I had none right up until maybe like day 22. Yeah. I would say 22. And then we were in, yeah, outback Queensland in the middle of absolutely nowhere, yeah. really remote. Um, and I had five in one day. Fuck off. Yeah. So it went through, so um, got a puncture, had a, um, had a repair kit, yeah. patched it. The patch failed, put another tube in, 
another puncher, a legit puncher, a different spot on the tire. Yeah. Patch that, that patch failed. And then Dude, put at another that point, tube in, and then we had no patches, and then I got another puncher. I got three legit punches in one day. That's hilarious. Um, so basically, ran out of tubes, and because um, I the other boys were running tubeless, so um, I had these thornproof tubes that are really super thick and, and things yeah. like that. But they were in the car, so Mum was um, Mum was about two hours up the road. Yeah. So I basically just yeah had my bike ready to go. I was lying on the side of the road in the middle of absolutely nowhere for like two two and a half hours hell yeah um the boys went ahead and um yeah i just waited for mum to get back to give me one of those tubes so and then patched it jumped back on the bike did the yeah just met up with the guys and wild yeah it's um yeah it's interesting how like independent you let yourselves become like you going off ahead them going ahead without you sort of thing yeah interesting tactic i understand on the bike though you know what i mean because as those guys like it bad for you you've got a puncture and you've got to wait for two hours it's fucking horrible we all got to wait for two hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah there, and there was no point in those guys those guys waiting for me they're better off get you know keep going and and um i'll just catch up to them i sort of used that as a bit of a way to push my legs as well to, to try and catch up with them yeah bloody oh um and then yeah it was it was fine i, I didn't have any issues obviously this truck is going past seeing me lying there wearing like fluoro orange and stuff like that you can sort of stick out and yeah out in the middle of nowhere you don't want to go too far off the road either because you don't want to become a fucking statistic of bloody snakes or yeah, something yeah. crazy, eh? Yeah, so I just tried to pick a shady spot because it was quite warm up there and humid. So, um, yeah, picked a shady spot, lie down, put some tunes on my phone and just chilled out for a little bit. Yeah, because I'm imagining there's no Instagram no. or no, no internet connection to... No, no, it was just downloaded music and just sat there and I think I might have fallen asleep at one point. I was, I was pretty tired then, so... Yeah, yeah. that's wild. That's wild. Just chilled, yeah. Man, the whole experience sounds like it. Like you, you can fucking pack up shop now. You've got the cool experience under your belt, you know. Oh, mate, it was, it was, uh, it was life changing for sure. Um, yeah. Even yeah, just the whole thing. Like we, you know, we'd be at a roadhouse, man, and we'd be getting, we'd walk in, we'd have riding for mental health on our backs, and you know, obviously we're all in our cycle kits, looking ridiculous, and then we'd um. You know, we'd walk into these roadhouses and people would be giving us cash donations and Wild. and talking about it. And then, you know, these big intimidating truckies that you'd look at and you'd be like, oh, they've got no interest in mental health. Always talking to us about it. Same thing, giving us cash donations. It's yeah. like, man, this is so cool. Dude, those guys get it the most. Yeah, yeah. We, we you know, we, we were talking to a few of them um, at like our lunch stops and stuff. And yeah, it's that would be a tough game for sure, especially out there. There's absolutely nothing. Nothing. And Nothing. just driving for hours and hours and hours. And these blokes get home and their bosses turn around and send them back again. Yeah, yeah. You know, the shit never ends. Yeah, and just living off like no sleep at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, like driving a truck in a, in a circle is very hard because obviously it's repetitive, but driving a truck where the scenery is only barely changing, but it is, yeah. is even harder, man. Mm. Like just sticking to that one limit, sticking and going in a bloody straight line is, that's mental. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think there's heaps of potential to, to do some fun things that are getting Black Ink involved. Like we can make a bunch of merch, have the proceeds of that go towards the... Um, hmm, that's very cool. If yep. people... so Sorry, did we get a direct date when your um, fundraising ends? So fundraising will end. Um, not, not as yet. So it'll be sometime next... Uh, I'd say it'll be... Um, we will hand the money over to um, Kai Fella. I would say Tuesday next week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm like, 
coincidentally got like three podcasts backed up. So this probably won't. Nah, this this can't because I've got yeah. Long story. That's this, okay. this won't come out for two weeks or so. That's fine. So yeah, donations will be closed, but maybe we'll make a little story or something after this. That'll be fun for sure. Yeah, sweet. Yep. I'm well, just keen to talk about the whole the whole journey and everything that went on. That's all. Haven't, yeah, haven't and really opened up about it since since that. So that's fucking cool because you yeah. reached out to me and just because I have so much going on, I wouldn't have even I didn't when you told me like hey, I've just fit, obviously finished this ride. Can I come on? I was like fucking yes, that's gold. Yeah. Yes, please do come and tell me about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah, and I was just thinking going back a hundred conversations. You are extremely charitable. Like you're, you're. Um, I remember that night when you and another mate came and saw me in a hotel room, and I was there with my missus and that. And you were trying to convince me to come out, and I was like, No, 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 no. Like I, I can't afford coffee. I can't afford to fucking come out. And you're like, Oh, just come out. It's, it's all good. It's all good. And you fucking look after me that night for the whole night. It was nuts. I, I think about that all the time, hey. Yeah, I think just the feeling of small things like that, or whatever it may be, just helping people in general, man. It's like the best feeling for me. I, yeah, just. Oh, it warms my heart, that's for sure. Yeah, fucking oh. The fact that I, I was able to do that with, with my family um, was life-changing for us, but also is hopefully going to be life-changing for, for people that actually need it, you know, so. I like what, what Jed takes away from this. Yeah. You know, having that experience at 16. Mm-hmm. Dude, I want to see this kid when he's 21. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, like, some of the shit that really worries me being, like, you know, in my 30s and maybe thinking about starting a family and stuff like that is... The family, the family unit, and the idea of like what's represented as being a part of a family mm-hmm. is totally skipped these yep. days. Like I feel like people don't appreciate the you know sitting down and having dinner at the table and being forced to talk to each other and look at each other in the eye mm-hmm. and say how you're feeling and like have reflection on your day. These things aren't just like super beneficial for you as a person and a character. It's essential as you as a human. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think like having. I mean, obviously having that debrief thing, like maybe that's the perfect framework for Jed's family one day when he grows up and decides to do that, yep. you know, and even moving forward as a family now, I'm sure you're a lot stronger now than what you were 33 days before it happened. For sure, yeah. 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 Always been super family orientated. We've ha- always had a really strong family. Um, I think it's just, you know, you know, the kids are growing up, they're, they're going to be uh, at home for a little bit longer and then they're probably going to take off and, yep. and start... Uh, you know, start discovering their own lives sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think that whole side of it as well was more to show show everyone, you know, how to use your mental health in a positive way. Yep. So, you know, to show everyone that you can, that there's always a fresh start tomorrow. There's always, there's always tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Um, as, as, as hard as one day may be, there's always a fresh start tomorrow. Yeah, bloody oath. Bloody oath. I think you can also like look at that in a a kind of modular sense. I always think even on the other end of the scale, no matter how good today is, you know, like in business, you have wicked days. Mm -hmm. You have fucking horrible days as well. Yeah. You know, like I put so much energy and effort into this one product. It's beautiful. It presents well. It's marketed well. It goes to market. It doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. And the next day it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell. And it doesn't sell. And you think I've got a bad business. Yeah. No, no, no. You had a bad product on a bad day. It's like tomorrow, you might have a shit product on the right day and that'll make all the money you need back. Yeah. And it's like being able to go, no matter how good, no matter how bad the day is, it's the same noise. And tomorrow, it's like, fuck man, fresh page. Yeah. You know, what can you do with that? 100%. Maybe, I think, kind of exploring how I feel our generation thinks about things that might not be our generation. It might just be like a, a guy thing or a human thing. 
But I feel like sometimes when the past three days or the past three weeks have been shit, mm-hmm. you're just, you're almost painting the next day with like, it's going to be shit. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm in a, I, I have a shit life. I think a lot of people forget like, you might just be having a shit time at the moment, mm-hmm. but like, that's just clouds. The sun comes back out always. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even when you've got four and a half thousand kilometers ahead of you, the sun will come out. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I think, um, uh, sort of mentally for myself it wasn't wasn't an issue um, yeah it didn't matter how many k's we were doing to be to be completely honest I, it was on the cards for me to ride back by myself wild um, but yeah I had to go back to reality go, had to go back to work and you know put my priorities first but that's alright yeah we could plan something else next year yeah you just gotta let your um, let that what do you call it that drive hang around for long enough so mm, yeah I thinking about it though, if we were doing 200 plus Ks a day, you almost have to be doing that regularly, like at least once a week, months beforehand. Yeah, it's, so, I guess with my, I've been sort of racing, I've been racing motocross my whole life, so um, my, you know, I, I've been sort of on a seat my whole life. Yeah. So, because a huge thing with cycling is being able to sit on a seat for that eight hours a day. Yeah every day yeah so because your recovery time's not really you don't really have that much recovery time but you know um you just need to be able to you just need to get used to being able to sit on a seat for that long so even with your obviously your legs need to be seasoned as well like you just need to sort of put it all together but with training for for the queensland ride it was it was very minimal like a lot of work on a spin bike and things like that but it's all mind over matter as well man yeah like you got a strong mental state you can you can do anything yeah um, yeah agree yeah 100% agree yeah yeah so obviously you need some sort of base fitness there yeah um and I, I feel like if with a challenge like that with 12 days to Adelaide you'd need to be uh yeah you'd need some definitely some sort of training under your belt yeah yeah I definitely think um like for the two months beforehand you want to be taking cycling reasonably seriously mm-hmm. like beyond a saturday morning group ride you kind of want to be living oh, yeah. on the bike yeah you want to be doing it at least three or four times a week for sure um, yeah dedicate one day to a long ride where you do say 150 k's or something yeah um you know on a weekend because obviously it's time consuming as well um and then the rest of it I, yeah i'm not sure now i'm getting too excited about and realizing what it actually fucking means to do yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah buddy oh well um would you like to put your Instagram and Facebook handles out if people want to find you and potentially follow our and well your I'm gonna say not our but your next row that I might be involved with? Yeah, <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess my Instagram handle is just Brock Nelson underscore. I feel. Yep. Um. And then Facebook's the same, Brock Nelson. Was just, there a um, page for this is mental? No. 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 So it all just went under mine. Um. Obviously, yeah, we just kept it reasonably. Yep. Reasonably tight. Um. And yeah, that's, that's that's about all I got. Fuck yeah. Mm. And if you want to find me, it's on all the usuals. Uh, Black.ink on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Find me on TikTok. Find me on Be Real. Find me on YouTube. Subscribe to my shit. Buy my shit. Be good to your mum because we're fucking out. You!